Welcome to the Bubble Lounge. I'm Nellie Shudo. And I'm Martha Jackson. And today joining us is the mayor of Highland Park, Margot Goodwin. Thanks for joining us, Margot. Thank you for asking me. You're our, our first government official. Wow. <laughs> you are. And also, you know, what a great position to have. You know, uh, how long have you been mayor of Highland Park? Well, I've been mayor for three years. Mm -hmm. Mayor and council members have uh, three terms, Mm -hmm. two years each. So your maximum term is six years. And I've finished one term, and I'm in the middle of my second term. So I have a ways to go. I guess I'm dead smack in the middle of my six years. Yeah, and you're guaranteed to stay there for a few years, which is nice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there are no guarantees in politics. (laughs) That is so true. So walk us through. Tell us what a typical day is in the life of a mayor. Well, um, everybody always asks me if I go to my office. And I do have a lovely office in the uh, new town hall. The town hall was redone several years ago. And... For the mayor's office, it's called the Centennial Room, they gave me a lovely room that has a fireplace and a sofa and lounge chairs and a conference table. Can we come over and hang out with you? Yeah, sounds beautiful. (laughs) It's beautiful. There's no computer. (laughs) There's a telephone I don't know how to operate. Um, So I use it as a meeting room. I don't really maintain office hours. and I work out of my home. Oh, okay. I have a nice little desk in an upstairs bedroom. And um, initially, my uh, run-in with the IT person was he said everything had to be done through the uh, Highland Park, Texas um, email that they gave me. Uh-huh. And I said, well, I'll, I'll try, but um, nobody's going to go online and look that up. They're going to go to their garden club book or the junior league book mm-hmm. or the you know, club directory, they're going to go somewhere else and find my email. So um, I laugh and say I'm kind of the Hillary Clinton of the... I I was just thinking that, and I wasn't going to say it. It's a little embarrassing to admit, but... um, So I get emails at home (laughs) on my personal email, sorry, Hillary, and I have to segregate them to another file because there are very strong open records at... Uh root laws. And uh, at any time, if someone wanted to read all of my emails, they could. Right. And um, hasn't happened yet, but it could. So my daily life is responding to questions and answering uh, pleas from uh, residents. They, they come in all forms, you know, help me with the construction next door. I don't know what's going on to you know, I saw a coyote running across the street. That's what should a big I one. do? <laughs> and um, so it's every day is a little bit different, which makes it kind of fun. Um, I have a great, great staff. The town administrator, Bill Lindley, and I work together as a team. So if I don't know the answer, I know to just say yes, I will look into that. And I look into it and have someone else respond who has the details right. so that mm-hmm. so that I don't get in the way of just being a copper wire between the person who has a question and the person who knows the answer, because I, I don't always know the answer. Well, I'm so curious. What were you in a previous life? Well, um, I started out as a teacher mm-hmm. uh, in California mm-hmm. and moved here and with my husband after he was in the service. He was in the Air Force during the Vietnam years. So we both decided Dallas was a great place to, to be. Um, I didn't teach after I came here because I had two kids, and um, I just became a full-time volunteer. Mm-hmm. through the Junior League, through our church, through the schools, uh, a lot of PTA activity. Um, and that's a great way to 
hone any skills in working with people or how to make decisions. This is going to sound like my talk to the fourth grade Girl Scouts. Um, (laughs) I talked to them just the other day, and and they were all wanting to know how do you become a leader. That's their that's their focus uh, this month is leadership and democracy and that sort of thing. so I did an awful lot of that, and then I was asked to consider running for the council. So I was on the council for four years, and before I compl- went into my last term, I was asked if I would consider running for mayor. So while it's very flattering, it's also very scary. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew what it was like to be a councilman. I knew how many hours it took and how much reading was involved and what kind of decisions would come before the council. Um, I had no idea the uh, step up in time that it would take to be a mayor. I, I think I way underestimated that. I think I thought, well, it's probably double. Mm, it's probably a lot more than that. Wow. But every day is different, and every day is important to somebody. Whoever is calling me, it, it, you know, you may have a tendency or a thought you know, well, why are they calling the mayor about that? If I told you some of the calls I get, but it's who they think of. And I'm, I'm proud to be that person that they think of. So living in a smaller community, I'm sure people do directly come to you because it's not New York city. You know, it's, it's a smaller, more accessible community, which is why we love living here. So I'm sure people feel comfortable. You also are extremely accessible, obviously, just from meeting you. You know, if you're standing in the grocery store in line, now I don't know how many other mayors do their own grocery shopping (laughs) and their own cooking, but you know, I, I am out in the community a lot Mm -hmm. and, um, I love it when people come up to me and I, I have to, I have to, um, compliment the community itself. I'm, I'm not a mayor who's worried about people trying to cut me off at my knees. Um, the community itself is pretty uh, understanding. They all lead very busy lives. They're looking for a little direction or a little bit of help, but they're not demanding, do this my way. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not... Um, they're not demanding in any way. Actually, they're much. It's much more likely that I would stand in the checkout line somewhere, and have someone come up and say, "I love blank. I love the new fire truck. I love the new the policeman. Oh, we're crazy about Lance Copa. Lance Copa is our um, community relations person. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so everybody in the community knows him. We have something called the Blue Zone." And I just learned this year why it's called the Blue Zone. If you've ever noticed the street signs around the community, they're all green, except for Highland Park. And Highland Park street signs are blue. So someone decided that we would call this communication the Blue Zone. And it's an email you can sign up for. You don't have to be a Highland Park resident to sign up. Mm -hmm. You just go on the website and you can sign up and get... You know when Mockingbird is closed because of a wreck, or you know when mosquito spraying is going to happen, or when there have been some burglaries of vehicles and that sort of thing. It's just sort of a public awareness, and it's called the Blue Zone. And Lance does a beautiful job of that and all other social media. So everybody knows Lance, and people will constantly tell me what a great guy he is, Mm -hmm. and he is a great guy. So I get a lot of compliments. I might get suggestions on ways to improve something but 
um, very, very few complaints, which makes my job a delight because I'm not fearful when somebody comes up and says, Mayor, do you have a minute? I've got all the time in the world. <laughs> so I'm You're like not like, that. uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, I, and I don't have. I uh, said that I spoke to some fourth-grade um, Girl Scouts, and I've spoken to all different grades, Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts. The Boy Scouts all wanted to know if I had a bodyguard. And they were so disappointed. Good that question. I, I love it. Well, I thought mm, maybe a little bit too much TV. They they said, well, okay, you don't have a bodyguard, but do you have secret service? And I said, no. <laughs> so um, I don't feel the need to have a bodyguard or secret service, whereas um, uh, maybe there are other mayors who do need some I think Martha staff I, around. We need to arrange for you. Like, I don't know, just for like on one night to have like four large men behind you with yeah. like the Madonna things on their heads. Yeah, you need to get the full treatment. <laughs> Lots of black uh, SUVs. Yeah. Well, so you, we were talking earlier and you've lived here basically for 50 years. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine that you have a lot of history and I was curious how it's changed over the years, how, how it was when you first got here versus what it's like now. Well, it might be kind of disappointing. Um, There has not been a great deal of change. Um, Highland Park was built on tradition, and things move very slowly if you're wanting to change something. Uh Um, You know, we don't change street names. We don't. We just don't move in a in a radical direction. Um, It's a very thoughtful process. Uh, I'm the mayor, and there are five council members. So. the council are the only ones who vote. So I don't get to vote. And um, I, I thought I was going to miss that when I gave up being a council member because I love being able to make my voice heard. And I have found with the mayor that um, I get to just talk until they come around and see it my way. <laughs> but I also have learned that it's just as important for me to listen because I don't know everything. And my counsel are each one of them very smart. And they will look at an issue or something we're discussing and they will see it from a totally different point of view than I had initially espoused. And I'll have to go, yeah, well, it's embarrassing, but you're right, and I'm wrong, and let's do it that way. So it's a very collaborative uh, thing, and um, I can't think of anything that we really have changed. We are constantly looking for ways to improve. Mm-hmm. Um, Hackberry Creek and Turtle Creek that run through the town need a lot of work, and we have a massive um, capital improvements plan to work on those creeks to maintain the structure of the walls of the creek. Some of them were put in in the 20s and are getting a little ragged. Mm-hmm. And um, there are trees whose roots have been washed away. So we're going to do a cleanup of the creek and then a restructure. And hopefully when we're all done and we've spent $5 million stem to stern to get it done, people will say, well, I thought you were going to do something to the creek. And they won't notice it. <laughs> and they, they won't, won't notice. It's notice kind of like it. if you get like an eye job or something and you hope people just say, you look refreshed. Uh, yeah, what have you done? <laughs> Nothing. Um, we had uh, town hall meetings about the creek, for instance, and we asked about more lighting, um, bicycle trails along the creek, uh, cement walkways, paths, and 
the group, there were probably 40, 45 people that came, which was a wonderful turnout. They broke up and they all answered the same questions. And every group came back and said, no lighting, no bicycle trails. Keep it as No it walking paths. Oh my goodness. Make, keep it as natural as possible. So speaking of that, like this is bringing me to like, we're a community that doesn't want to change, mm-hmm. right? Which is... We don't want to change the good things. Yeah, exactly. We're, We're willing keep to it. change the things that need changing. And so we have the holidays coming up, and yes. these are unprecedented times. Yes. So how will that look for us here in Highland Park University Park? How will it look for us in Highland Park Village at Thanksgiving and Christmas and Halloween and all the holidays? Well, I'm not so sure about Halloween because I don't know that any municipality has say over that. There are rules in place already about gatherings, about parties. Um, If you have more than 10, you need a permit. I know that comes as a shock to anyone listening, but um, if you're going to have more than 10 people, outdoor um, amplified music, or even unamplified, but it's outdoors, in deference to the rest of the neighborhood, you need to get a permit. It's very easy to do. You just call the police department and ask them, tell them you want to have a function and um, for some reason in the rules it all has to be approved by the mayor and that comes from the county judge the university park and highland park and dallas all are in dallas county the county's ordinances supersede in covid we can make things highland park could vote to make things much more strict than judge jenkins has outlined but we can't make them more lax So we adhere to all the rules that Judge Jenkins has put down. And there is a declaration of disaster. Um, That's what it's called. Mm -hmm. So, um, and a permit is required for function. So I would assume if people were having block parties and they wanted to, um, you know, you all may have done it yourselves. You call and you ask for barricades and you block off the street. Mm -hmm. Sure. You know, that's a great way to get a whole neighborhood together, and you can do social distancing. But yes. the permit requires face masks and social distancing, yes. except right. when eating and drinking. And um, if it's a seated dinner, no more than six at a table. There are all these little things right. that um, will hopefully keep us safe. But as far as door-to-door um, Halloween, I don't think that the town has anything to say about that. That's a personal choice of parents who let their children go to homes, and that's a choice of homes whether they care to have candy out or not. We so. have friends who are going to throw the candy at kids. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. They said basically they don't want the hands in the bowl, so they're going to toss it. <laughs> if you can catch it, it's yours. <laughs> so what about the tree lighting? Will Santa still be coming to Highland Park Village? You know, we are discussing that right now. It's, it, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, it presents some problems. Sure. Um, oh, and it's that's not... That's definitely a bigger crowd than 10. It mm-hmm. is. And it's uh, it's not just the crowd, but it's the nature of the rules. If, if all the rules are applied, as I just mentioned, mm-hmm. and you have to wear a mask, we could hand out cute, you know, Christmas decorated masks with holly and all kinds of cute things on them. But if someone decided that they did not want to wear a mask, mm-hmm. and there are people who do not want to wear a mask, they feel that that's infringing on their rights, then um, it's, you're, you're risking public health mm-hmm. if everyone doesn't. In my personal opinion, I think you're risking 
health if you don't wear a mask. Sure. Um, and I would not want to get into an argument with um, a resident or a non-resident. We have an awful lot of people that come to Highland Park they do. Who, who are not residents. So I'm not just saying this tree lighting is for residents. So we haven't, we're grappling with that now. Mm-hmm. Um, I know UP is doing the same thing. It's, um, we want to do what's right and what's safe. Um, it is one tree lighting. <laughs> you know, the tree lighting has been canceled before for mm-hmm. an energy crisis, um, for other uh, things that were much more tragic. Um, but we haven't made that decision And yet. life still went on, right? <laughs> and life still went on. You know, we, we did end up, and, and it was kind of tragic and heart-wrenching all at the same time, we did um, end up taking down the original pecan tree. Yes. It was called the Monarch Pecan, and it was like a, estimated to be 154 years old. Right. Uh, going back in history and seeing photographs of when it was a little six-foot sapling and it was planted. Um, but it had fallen into um, a disease state mm-hmm. and was not safe, and we kept... Uh, enlarging the circle underneath it to keep people away from it so no branch would fall on them. We kept trimming away dead wood, and um, after we trimmed away the last time the dead wood, it it just looked so bad. So we saved the wood. We um, have been kiln-drying it for a year Mm -hmm. and have all kinds of ideas about things to make out of the wood. So we haven't made anything yet because the wood's not dry, but we have a list of things either ceremonial gavel somebody wrote in and said we ought to do a podium to use Ooh, in I love that it's each a great of the, idea um schools mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um you know the PTA meetings and whatnot so there's going to be a lot of wood we didn't know until it was cut down I'm sure you've seen other trees we didn't know if the heartwood was gone that it was just a donut holding that tree up right you know <laughs> yeah picturing the slice of it well it was solid wow um, it had a lot of decay, but down, you know, it was a big tree. How many, it, I, how many feet was it wide? Do you remember? It was no. Well, I've lost insane. that. Oh, oh my God! So it was like the three of us holding hands. Wow, in wow. a circle, so maybe six yeah. feet, and, and we wouldn't have been able to put our arms around it at the base of the tree, which mm-hmm. was you know larger than the top. But it took a couple eighteen wheelers to take it away. Wow, and there are people who specialize in taking away the wood. Um, I did take several slices of smaller branches and wrap them in cellophane and gave them to uh, former council members Mm -hmm. and former Uh mayors and people who had dealt with the tree and watched it and preserved it all these years. But we have what we started calling the sister tree because it was made... It was grown from a graft of the original tree. Oh, wow. And it's already 75 years old. So it is half the age of the tree, of the mother tree. Well, I like that that tree just wouldn't give up. And I got to tell you, for me to leave this earth, it's going to take two 18-wheelers. I'm not, like, I'm not going out without a bang. <laughs> well, it was hard. It, we had several meetings with the neighbors um, that live on Armstrong on either side of that esplanade because they all have lived there a long time and, and they had, you know, a strong feeling of ownership oh, right. for their tree. And what were we going to do to their tree? Yeah. And I was kind of like, oh, no. <clears throat> and in the end, everyone agreed 
that it was just time. It just needed it to come It had down. served well, and... Um, it's time had come. It's time had come, and it's down. Speaking of the tree, the tree really was a great legacy to Highland Park. Is there another way that people can become a part of the legacy to our community? About five years ago, when we celebrated the town's centennial, you may have seen on Lakeside Park near Beverly, there is what I call the Centennial Crescent. It's an off-white, light gray crescent shape around a huge pecan tree. And if you ever walk in that park and you go over to that crescent, on the inside wall and on the outside wall, and it's just a low wall, it's, it's 18 inches or so, it's, it's a great bench. I see a lot of moms who are pushing strollers and they take a break there or couples sit and talk and, um, you know, relax there. Well, on the inside wall and the outside wall, during the centennial celebration, we had squares of cement Mm -hmm. that people could personalize. And once those were cured, then those were applied to the inside wall and the outside wall. And if you walk around it, you'll see names of people you know. Um, That's such a beautiful way to honor somebody. Well, and every, you know, people put their handprint, some people did their footprint, some people, I uh, inscribed the initials, or not the initials, the names of my six grandchildren. And hopefully, I'm sure they weren't overly impressed at their age. <laughs> but they will be but someday. You know, when they go back, they may, they may see that and, and think that was pretty dear. So that is something we did in the past, but we have always been happy to plant trees in honor or in memory of someone. Um, our, our parks department uh, uh, director is very careful and likes to um, make sure that the kind of tree a donor wants is actually going to live where the tree is going to be planted. So she has a lot to say about um, what kinds of trees. But we also have a program of um, placing benches in our parks. I just did one for my husband's 75th birthday, and it just has a very simple plaque with his name on it and says, Happy 75th. Mm-hmm. So um, actually where it's placed, it's across the creek from where we live, and it sort of faces our house. And he tells me that when he's he's going to sit over there and watch me, <laughs> make sure I'm behaving. Uh, I don't know if he means now or posthumously. We're both, uh, both, both, probably both. He's, he's doing it already. A little creepy. He could come back. But anyone can call the town and say that they would like to have a bench in memory or honor or put their own name on it. Um, they're teak benches and... Um, I believe the price now is $5,000, and they are removed and refurbished um, periodically, and they are permanent placement in the park. So it is kind of a nice way for somebody to honor a grandmother or, you know, people that love to feed the ducks together and Mm -hmm. have a bench right there. That's so sweet. I love that. Um, So I have to say, uh, it has been great to have you on the show, Dame Mayor. Because that's what I want to call you. Wow. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> well, she was so cute on email. I was calling her Mrs. Goodwin. She said, please call me Margo, which doesn't feel right. I Mayor Margo. I don't feel like that's I should That's what she wants to call when Margo. you see her out at Tom Thumb or anywhere else in the hood, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I want you to call me Margo. Okay. Just Margo. <laughs> just okay. Margo. Just Margo. I like that. You know. Well, just Margo. Thank you for joining us on the Bubble Lounge. <laughs> this has been another episode of the Bubble Lounge. I'm Nellie Shudo. And I'm Martha Jackson. And we'll catch you next time.